Hi, I'm Joe Dinicol, and you're listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher DeFilippis, and I bring you the latest in our series of interview redo specials, featuring the interviews we did with the cast and crew of the Quantum Leap Revival series throughout Season 1, most of which appeared only on our YouTube channel. Brace yourselves for Episode 11, Leap, Die, Repeat, in which Ben gets stuck in a time loop while trying to prevent a nuclear disaster. It's Groundhog Day, Quantum Leap style. This time out, Matt and Albie chat with two of the five guest stars Ben leaps into in this episode. First up is Joe Dinical, who plays Dr. Eugene Wagner. Then they talk to Mike Wade, who plays Mo Murphy. Both Joe and Mike got to play not only main characters, but mirror images in the same episode, a true distinction in the annals of Quantum Leap history. Also deserving of special distinction, our producers, Harold Sullivan, Glenda Palma, Chris, a.k.a. Breikmang, Mike Covert, Jeff Kiska, Craig Riedler, Cosplay Dad, Charles Allen Gossard, and Morgan Felden. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast to learn more about how you can support the show. Now, let's get leaping. Hello, Leapers, and welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast. I'm Albie. I'm here with Matt, as always. And today we have Joe Dinicall. It was Eugene in the control room with the pen. <laughs> Isn't it always? <laughs> yes. We should have seen it from the start. You look too young to have the IMDb you have. How long have you been working in this business? Oh, dear. Uh, I have been working <laughs> professionally for th- it's 30 years this year. Uh, to be fair, I started what? very young. I started, uh, I started in, in the theater when I was, when I was nine years old. So, uh, uh, and mm. I've had a, you know, I had a long career as a, uh, bus boy in bar back. I've taken, you know, I've, I've, I've gone all over the place. It's not chock full of, uh, I'm not that successful, but, uh, yes, I've been at this a very, <laughs> very long time. My, my father was an actor and my grandfather on my mother's side was an actor. I, they were both mm. classical theater actors and I, I come by this as I like to say very dishonestly. Um, so, so yes, it's been, a, it's been a long, it's been a long road. Do you remember, uh, some of your earlier roles? I mean, my earlier roles. Uh, yeah, I mean, I again, like I said, I started at the uh, the Stratford Festival of Canada. Uh, I was there as a kid for five seasons, and I was in Antony and Cleopatra and Cyrano de Bergerac and Waiting for Godot and a number of shows. But I, I, my my first role on on film and TV was in a movie called Elvis Meets Nixon, and I played a character called Ten Year Old Boy, which is a, a, a pivotal role, clearly. That uh, Elvis, the, the the basic idea is that Elvis went to meet Nixon to try and help with the war on drugs, uh, while wildly addicted to drugs. Um, so, and he went, and he was sort of deputized as an officer uh, of of against drugs, maybe of the DEA. I, I don't really, I'm, I, I'm forgetting some of the details. And he meets this kid on the plane. That was my first. That was my first role in a, in a movie or a TV show. This sounds like a film I need to see. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have any recollection of that in your brain? I know it's hard to remember. Yeah, uh, no, I, I remember it very to... clearly. I, I, you know, those, 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 um, those sort of uh, initial days on a set. I, I remember it was back, obviously, back when it was all film, and so everything took a, a a great deal longer. So it wasn't uncommon. I had 
four or five lines. It was one scene, and I must have been there for twelve hours. I mean, it, it you know, you just kind of waited. And you, back then, you would just you would wait around for what felt like days. Um, but I remember my dad took me, and we, you know, we could go to the craft service track. I mean, everything is so novel at that at that point. Now it sort of feels old hat that there's gummy bears and and Ritz crackers everywhere you look, but. But back then it was a it was a really novel experience and and also it was something you know I grew up in the theater and and uh moving into film and t v was what sort of um differentiated me from my from my dad and from my grandfather, and that was a decision I was very conscious of making and so my first day on set was a really big deal because it was I was starting to get really interested in movies and 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 I think at the time, just doing something different than than my family, it, it felt sort of very inherited to be an actor for me at that age, and and I wanted something that that I could sort of forge my own path, and and so those early days on set were were really really important because I was kind of figuring out what I liked about acting and what I what I sort of brought to the table. So so yeah, it was a it was certainly a formative day as ten year old boy. Did did you ever? question that desire to go into acting like after you'd had a few years doing tv and film did you did you experiment with any more standard I mean, kinds of I, career or uh, was that not it? really was that it i mean i think i questioned it much later i will say that one of my some of my first jobs i i, I booked a couple of commercials back to back um, when I was about 13 and I almost quit because I hated doing commercials so, so much. I haven't done a commercial since then, since I was about 13. And, um, just because it had, you know, the, 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 the problem is that it, being on a movie or even a TV show for an actor, um, if you're not acting, like if you're just standing there holding a candy bar, it has very little to do with you. You know, it's not really an actor's medium. Theater is an actor's medium. So, um, doing a commercial, if if you like the acting part of the day, which can be very minimal a lot of the time, a commercial, there's almost none of it. And so it can be very mind-numbing to stand there and do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again with a bunch of disinterested people sitting on a couch uh, telling you to say it this way, that way, and the other. So that was certainly a time I thought about maybe getting out of the business. But I mean, the reality is that, I, you know, I like I said, I come from... I come from a family of performers. It's sort of, you know, it's not, a, it's not hyperbole to say that it's in the genes in a lot of ways. Um, it just never, nothing else ever seemed as uh, exciting uh, or important, not important in the grand scheme of things. Obviously there are much more important things, but, but uh, to be able to be present and to be alive and to be uh, with other people creating something that there's just, there's just nothing like it. So I, I, yeah, I never, you know, like I said, I worked in restaurants for years and years as a, as a feature of being an out of work actor, but I, I, I never thought about, you know, every time I thought about having another job, I realized, like I thought for a while, I, maybe I want to be a lawyer. And then what I realized was I want to give the closing arguments in the movie as a lawyer. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to do a bunch of paperwork and school and nonsense. I want to say, you know, I want to give a speech written by Aaron Sorkin or, or, or Patty Chayefsky or, you know, like I'm not really that interested in, 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 in the, in the nuts and bolts of what being a lawyer actually is. I want to, I want to give a performance. I want to perform and get someone off, but that's that's mm -hmm. acting. That's not that's not being a lawyer. So the the long answer is uh, short answer is no, not really. 
I noticed you did a lot of uh, genre work in uh, Arrow. And how did you get into being like a superhero ragman and all that? Uh, well, you know, that's an interesting one. I, I um, you know, when those shows started happening, when Arrow uh, started, I um, the, the casting directors of those shows, uh, predominantly David Rappaport, um, became a fan of mine uh, years and years ago. I had auditioned for Gossip Girl and he always really liked me and, and, I had auditioned for something else in the Arrowverse. I won't, I won't be too specific about what it was. And, and, um, and I wasn't quite right for it, uh, in the end. Um, but there were some people pulling for me and Greg Berlanti became a, a fan. And, uh, and as big and powerful as Greg Berlanti is, uh, he's, he's one of the, the, the real human beings in show business. And, uh, he remembered me. And so when that didn't happen, uh, about a year later, I, I got a call, uh, an offer to come and be on Arrow, which is not something I don't get offers ever, uh, really. Um, that's not where I am in my career. And he, he liked me and wanted to, wanted to pay it forward and, and, um, and gave me that part. It was originally supposed to be a couple of episodes and they ended up liking me and keeping me around for a little while. And, uh, so yeah, that was just one of those, you know, if you're around long enough and, you were, you know, you do the work and, and you're, you're going to find, you know, people say it's, it's who, you know, it's, it's, it's who your fans are. You know, eventually you start to meet people. And as we're talking about quantum leap, uh, show run by Martin Garrow, who's, you know, a great friend of mine, um, you know, and we, we became friends because we loved working together. It wasn't that we were buddies and he put me in a show. We, we worked very closely on a TV show. And we really loved working together. And then we ended up becoming great friends. But, you know, you work long enough in this business and, and uh, you know, days on set are long. And if you like being around people, that can, that can go a long way. You know, it's, it, it doesn't, great art doesn't get made by uh, people hating each other. I don't think. I'm sure it's possible. But I, especially TV, it's a grind to make TV, you know, it, especially an hour hour-long drama the days are long the years are long network tv they work nine ten i was on gray's anatomy for a little while they worked almost 11 months of the year like it's a grueling schedule and if you don't like the people you're around it can be even more grueling so you're just always trying to make fans and that's that's sort of how i ended up on on arrow Wait, uh, was so was it blind spot uh with martin that pretty much got you quantum leap did you get the offer for quantum leap or did no i, I no I, I auditioned i uh no i i got i got blind spot because uh martin and i had done a show together called the la complex which um was a oh. short-lived um uh show on the cw that uh that is very near and dear to all of us who were on it was sort of about a group of disparate out of work show business hopefuls. I played a stand-up comedian and there was, you know, there was a dancer and a bunch of actors and someone trying to be a music producer. And it was very critically um, adored and uh, nobody watched it. So, you know, um, but we all loved making it and it was, it was sort of, uh, it's how I met Martin. It's how we became friends. And when, and when Blindspot came around, um, you know, he was, uh, you know, that show was, was very, could be very heavy. And it was, uh, you know, it was a procedural and it had a lot of FBI and intrigue. And, and I think he had wanted to infuse more humor into it and, and, and more heart. And so he had written this, this part, he called me and said, um, 
you know, I, I wrote a part for you. We're going to make everyone fall in love with you. And then we're going to kill you and break everyone's heart. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that sounds fun. He's like, and we shoot it in New York. And, and, uh, you know, and so, you know, um, so that's how, that's how that happened. And then quantum leap, I, you know, I just, I got an audition and, and, you know, um, I auditioned and, and ended up getting it, you know, so it, how, how these things work and the machinations of the higher ups of show business is, is certainly beyond my pay grade. So I, you know, sometimes you get an offer and that's great. And sometimes you have to go through the regular channels and it's, it's all the same to me at the end of the day. But, uh, but, but certainly I'm sure, I'm sure Martin was looking out for my audition. (laughs) I would hope, but, but yeah. Uh, So how long was it from auditioning to uh, actually being on set? Oh gosh, probably maybe a week. Yeah, the you know the, the 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 guest star role in in television is a is a fast moving train. You know they they're making these things. You, know, you forget they have to not only write them, they have to get them approved, and they have to you know everything is 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 in a condensed timeline. So uh, sets are being built, and so you know hiring people, especially a show like Quantum Leap, I would imagine, which is almost an entirely new cast every episode. Um, you know, other than obviously the core in the, in the quantum leap lab and, and, and Ben and Addison, but, but every episode, it's not like, you know, it's not like they're always at the office and there's one new person. He's meeting a whole world of people in every episode, as you know. So yeah, it all moves pretty quickly. Yeah. It was probably, I want to say it was about a week, maybe, maybe a little longer, but, but not much. Can you take me through the process of filming an episode like this, the one with time loops? Like, uh, are the camera setups the same and you just go through each different um, each different time loop and do it differently? Or are you doing it more in order or it, it doesn't make it more difficult than a normal guest starring role on a TV show when you have to do the same things over and over again, but different? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, you know, the, the first thing we did quite smartly, I think, was to do the opening of what would then be the thing we loop around over and over again, just so that we could set what happens. So we go, this is, that's the longest version of it that we see. So this is what we do beginning to end and everyone, that's sort of what makes it difficult is it's not like what's, what's great about filming a film or a TV show is you finish a scene. That's it. You don't have to think about it again, you know, whereas this, you're kind of going, okay, well, on this line, I picked up the pencil and on that line, I pressed this button and you're kind of much like you would rehearse a play. You're sort of blocking it out to be recreated later. And then, yeah. And then sort of as you go on, it gets a little easier because, you know, for instance, all that we did all this, pretty much all the stuff in the elevator in one day, we just sort of went everything that happens in the elevator, we do from this camera angle. And then, and then they move it over to the side and they go, everything that happens over here and they go up top, it's called block shooting, right? So everything we try and, we try and use the set efficiently so that we're not relighting. We, I say we, like I'm lighting anything. I'm not lighting anything. That's against the rules. But, um, but yeah, so it sort of starts out a little uh, more laborious for something like this because you're, you're really trying to track and set up because you don't, you know, you don't want to get to day five and go, Oh, we forgot that he was supposed to do this thing because that's what matters in this version of the loop. Um, so you're trying to track, but you know, the, uh, uh, the, um, the writing on this episode was really, really airtight. It was, it was a, a really beautifully written script and a really fun and everything had been thought of. And, uh, the writer was there every day. She was there every day and, 
and had obviously, you know, given this a great deal of thought so that everything could be sort of perfectly marked as, as we went through. So, so realistically, the most difficult part of it, I think, was mostly for Ray, who had to constantly be changing mm. costumes. <laughs> you know, like, I know usually he leaps into someone and that's the episode. And this one, he leapt into five people. So when we're doing the elevator, we do one thing, he's me, then he has to change into the colonel, then he has to change, you know, he's he's constantly changing into 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 different costumes but yeah it's sort of it sort of gets i think gets easier as you go as you realize like okay we've said everything right and now we just have to you're kind of checking things off a list you're going okay well now we have to do the scene uh this way where he's this person and the fireball comes in at this time or you know whatever it is but uh but yeah it's it's a bit of a fun puzzle to 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 figure out and go we want to set this up right because the you know the 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 last thing you want is for it not to pay off. You want you want the idea that you know you do an episode where it's basically all in one set. It's got to feel like it's got momentum and it's got you know movement and 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 stakes. And I think the the writing, especially on this episode and, and the direction, Pamela was such a, a an incredible director. And um, yeah, they just they just did a great job. So yeah, it was it sort of started out a little more laborious and then it, and then it sort of picks up steam. Did you get much extra prep time yourself to get your head around all that? Because I sort of imagine the writer and director mm. probably had like storyboards up with kind of the red sure. string pointing to everything. But as, as actors, were, were you all just being led through it? Or did, yeah, did I mean, you spend some time of, you know, the... beforehand kind of, yeah, head down. The hell is this all about? Yeah, I mean, I think I think like the other thing you have to remember is is that in something like this, we're not aware that it's happening again, right? Like none of us are aware that this is a Groundhog Day type situation. So uh, you're trying to go, you're trying to look at it from as if that opening chunk is the whole day. That's all it is, right? There's not a new arc for you when you when they loot back. It's just restarting the same thing. So really you're looking at that and going like, within this, from my point of view, you know, what's happening? What do I need to clock? And, and especially for me, like, what do I need to, uh, what do I need to sort of sprinkle in there? <laughs> you know, not too much, but you know, but yeah. And, and again, like I said, it was so well written that, that it was very clear, uh, what was, there was no point where you're like, well, wait a second, this is supposed to happen, but we didn't do that on the, there was none of that because it was, it was a really airtight script. But but to answer your actual question, no, we don't get a lot of time. You know, again, guest starring on a show, you're kind of dropped in, and and uh, that's a skill you sort of have to develop as a, as an actor in television. Is like, you know, you have to be able to learn lines very quickly and and adapt. Meet a whole you know crew and cast of people, drop in, and 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 luckily on something like Quantum Leap, you know, this is, I mean. First of all, you know, a show run by Martin Garrow is uh, th these things are top down or it, it is always a uh, just a treat. You know, he 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 sets a tone in his shows that are that, you know, no assholes allowed and 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 everyone's working towards the greater good and 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 there's no egomaniacs. And, and that that comes from him, but it also comes from from Ray and and um and Caitlin, who also set a, an incredible tone and are welcoming and kind and fun and, and excited to be there and, and excited to have 
whoever's there that week, like we're their castmates, you know, it's not like there's one person joining a, a, a crew of people that are always there. It's like, they have a whole new cast to play with and they were extremely welcoming. So, because you know, it, it, you don't get a lot of time in TV, but uh, fortunately on this one, that wasn't much of an issue. With uh, such a small cast and uh, with all of your scenes basically being with each other the whole time mm-hmm. and the block shooting, um, did you guys form a bond uh, like more than you would as a normal guest star coming in to do a few scenes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, we did. The, the, the guy who played the colonel, uh, uh, him and I hit it off, uh, got on like a house on fire. I found out that he... He did a movie with my grandfather called Baby's Day Out. And uh, we sort of, he was a theater guy and we started talking theater. And, you know, again, you're sitting around all day and, you know, Mm -hmm. in the best of cases, you're a bunch of actors who just got a job. You should be pretty happy. (laughs) You know, it's it's a nice place to be. I live in North Hollywood and we shot this uh, on the Universal lot. I've never shot on the Universal lot. It's 15 minutes from my house. You know, you're driving as the sun's coming up. You drive onto, uh, you know, arguably the most iconic studio lot in California. And, you know, someone brings you breakfast if you want. You know, it's, it's a, it's a good day. <laughs> you know, it should be a good day. And so, and I think everyone took that and we all, we all had a real blast. You know, Robert Picardo was having a great time and, and, and he's a real, you know, he's a real pro and we, we, yeah, we got along, we got along famously. And, and again, the, the cast was so welcoming and, and really set a tone of we're here to do great work and to have fun. You know, it should be fun. This is, it's not, uh, it's not coal mining. It's, it's, we're making fun art that, that should be a good time. And it, and it really was. Is it true that you've uh, met Scott Bakula at some point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I have. Um, I guess kind of kind of briefly. So when I was about, uh, like I said, I've done this a long time and uh, I, I'm Canadian. I, I, I've been in LA for about 10 years now, but I, I came up at, uh, working in Toronto and back, this is, God, this is a long time ago. Let's just say that. I was a teenager and Back then, they used to do hundreds and hundreds of pilots. Most of them never went to series. Now it's a lot more selective. They spend their money, I think, a lot more wisely. But but they used to make tons of these things. And in Toronto, every once in a while, they would have a call, you know, for some show, and you never heard anything. And so I had I had auditioned for some sitcom or single cam, some some comedy. Right? It was called Father Can't Cope. About a dad whose <laughs> kids are this and his wife, and they're trying to go on a trip or something. I don't really remember. Starring Scott Bakula. And uh, I get a call saying, you're the guy. They watched your tape. You're the guy. And they want to fly you down to L.A. to meet you. Uh, you're the guy, Right. And so uh, I fly down with my mom. I was 16. They put us up in a hotel, and we get driven over to Fox. and. Uh, I walk in the room and I look around and there's uh there's six other the guys. Um and <laughs> and so I realize, oh, okay, okay, this is basically this is a screen test. This is my first screen test. And I go into the room to audition, and there's Scott Pacula. And he reads with us, he's very, very sweet. And we all do it a number of times, and they come out and they call three of our names. Mine was one, we go over to the network. And I walk into a room and it's Scott is sitting there in front of me, very kind, very encouraging. And I look up 
and there's no joke, 50 people in sort of an auditorium style room. And in all honesty, I buckled. Like I just, I had no idea this was what it was going to be like. And I started shaking like a leaf. Like no one prepared me for what, you know, I've since done a number of network tests and, and, and they're nerve wracking, but you know what to expect. People are there to kind of judge you or, you know, what have you. But um, I had no idea what to expect. He was very, very kind. The show shot the pilot and you've never heard of the show Father Can't Cope. So it never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is my somewhat loose connection to Scott Bakula. <laughs> That's a very, very cool, cool connection. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's 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 all right. He was like my, my first, yeah, my first certainly my first acting trip to LA was was with Scott Bakula. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's all right. Uh, one weird technical question I had when when I was watching the episode, I, I saw they had a photo uh, of you and Robert Picardo kind of de-aged. Was that mm. like one of your old photos, or did you guys go in and do a little photo session and then they photoshopped it, or how did that work? Yeah, we, we actually we 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 they did a little uh, photo shoot at the at, in the offices, and I actually didn't do it with him. We're not in the same room. Um, and then everything they do digitally. I mean, now you know, now they do everything. The the, the amount they can do digitally is is so incredible. So they were just like, just stand like this. We'll do the rest. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, no, that was not <laughs> okay, an old picture of cool. me. I don't know if they referenced old pictures or they just made me look like that. But uh, but yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all movie magic. So they did Photoshop you and Bob together, but not for the reason we might have thought. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we ended up being together for many days. Yeah. But by that point, we're already shooting and they needed the photo. And mm. I think he was coming in a day later or something, yeah. you know, so it's, you know, it's one of those scheduling things. Uh, for most of the episode, all the guest cast is pretty much uh, equal mm-hmm. parts because they're all suspects and they're all in every scene. Yeah. But uh, towards the end of the episode, when we actually find out what happened and who's doing what, it more becomes your episode as like the main guest star because of just that uh, last scene between yeah. you and uh, Raymond. Yes. Um, and it, there was a lot going on in there, like emotion, and you had to communicate why and, and you were doing mm-hmm. it and your mental state. And I, I think you did a really great job Thank in the you. episode. What, what was that? Um, uh, did that add to the level of difficulty, or uh, from your experience, is it just like another day at work? I mean, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons it's fun to do. I mean, uh, you know, uh, getting to do a meaty scene is, yeah, it can be difficult. Certainly, you know, you're trying to perform while well, the, you know, Robert Klein, the f- famous comedian, said, "Everyone can be funny. Can you be funny at eight o'clock on a Saturday?" Right? Like. You have to be able to turn these things on. That's just part of yeah. the job. So it's certainly challenging to to um, to muster up wanting to kill a room full of people and and what is your reason and sort of building building up why you would do something like that. That's that's sort of the work that goes into to it beforehand. The only time that becomes really challenging is if you're trying to do a scene like that with someone who's not present with you or giving you something back. And and luckily that's not the case. You know, Ray is such a is such a an amazing scene partner that um, that it, it ends up being kind of not easy, but it, it's, it's, that's what we love to do. You know, uh, acting's not about, about winning. It's about, it's about allowing yourself to lose on screen and, 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 uh, and be affected. And so when you're, when you're given permission or you give yourself permission to do that, that's, that's what acting is at its best, I think. So, 
So yeah, it's certainly challenging. And, and you know, there, it's a long day and there's a lot of angles and that stuff can get tiring emotionally, but, but that's what you train for. That's what you, that's what you, uh, you know, you got to get enough sleep and not eat too much sugar. And uh, that's, that's the, that's the job is you have to be emotionally fit basically. Um, so yeah, it's challenging, but it's really, really, I mean, that's the good stuff. That's, that's, that's what makes it worthwhile. Did you know you had that good stuff coming up when you auditioned? Or were you just given the part as, hey, no yes. scientist guy, that's it, run with it? And No, I, I think one of the audition scenes was okay. the was the turn yeah. at the end, or at least part of it. So I, I, I did know that it was me, which is, which is a, again, which is a fun thing to mm-hmm. play throughout the episode. Because, you know, you know, I think that's why you cast someone like me, and I kind of look like, nothing bad has ever happened to me, you know, like, <laughs> I, you know, and I, you put the glasses on and you go like, this guy is, he can do anything bad. Um, so that's kind of the fun part is trying to bury that, but also have little red herrings here and there and, 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 uh, foreshadowing that doesn't tip the scale, but also is, uh, is, is something that maybe if you go back and watch, you go, Oh, okay. I see that moment there. I see what he was doing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a fun little puzzle to kind of put together. Yeah, I was I was watching this episode with my daughter Serenity, and she was very adamant that um, it wasn't your character. Uh, so she wanted me yes. to tell you, you did a great job. And Yay! Her. Uh, <laughs> is, is it is it uh, does it add another level to playing the character when you know you're the one who did it, and uh, you have to act like you didn't do it, but mm-hmm. act like at the same time you know you did it. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the, that's the fun challenge. You know, like I often think of, uh, you've seen the movie The Departed. Um, the, 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 the Leonardo DiCaprio role in that movie is very interesting because he has to, he has to do a lot of things. He has to, he has to be nervous that he's undercover in the mob. We have to, as the audience have to know he's nervous. But we also have to believe that they don't know he's nervous, right? Because he's pulling it off. So it's a very interesting balancing act of trying to, you know, in the best in the best best case scenario, Serenity doesn't think it's me. But if she goes back and watches mm-hmm. it again, she can go, "Oh, right, of course it's him." You know, that's I, I don't know if we did that. <laughs> we'll see. But like that sort of best case scenario is you're trying to you're trying to drop things that maybe on second viewing or or when the turn is revealed your brain goes, Oh, right. Of course. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's the sort of the fine line you're trying to walk, but, um, but that's a tricky thing to do. But I, again, I think that, I think the way that the episode was constructed was, was so, uh, was so well done that you kind of never get quite enough time with people to, to really see what's going on with them. I mean, I'm certainly, I was certainly, playing or experiencing moments of stress that I might be found out, but you know, you're also covering them up and, and, and then it's up to the editors and the director to, to put it together in a way that is, you know, it's like a great, like a great murder mystery. It's, um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the fun of it, but we're certainly, we're certainly, um, we're certainly trying for that. So thank you, Serenity. That makes me very happy that she never, (laughs) that she never suspected me. Not a bit. Um, she really loved the episode. Uh, my final silly question is, did mm-hmm. you get to keep the pen? I didn't keep the pen, but I did keep my ID badge, which oh. I kept. Well, I kept partly because the prop master just gave it to me. He was like, everyone wants something like this. And the reason I wanted it is um, 
because my character name, uh, Eugene Wagner, Wagner is the last name uh, of every character I've played in Martin's shows. So uh, in the LA Complex, I was Nick Wagner. And in Blindspot, I was David Wagner. And so that... um, that was a nice little uh, thing for us, uh, na- named after a friend of ours, um, and and something that one of the things Martin likes to put in his shows these kind of fun little Easter eggs, and so that was that was a real thrill for us. I also always wear glasses in his shows, so um, uh, but uh, I didn't keep the pen, unfortunately. But I did I did keep the ID badge. I've got that uh, just over over yonder. Very cool. Nice, yeah. nice, very cool. Uh, do you have any upcoming projects you can tell us about? Uh, yeah, I am um, one. I, I, uh, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about yet. The other is I produced and starred in a movie, uh, um, that I made with a, a close friend of mine, Sebastian Piggott. It's a movie, uh, uh, called bring it all back home. Uh, we just finished editing it and we're sort of submitting to festivals. It's our first foray into making things on our own. And so we're so proud of it. It's some of the best work I've ever done, certainly. And uh, it's a really, really personal film. So we're hoping to get that into to as many festivals and in front of as many people as possible. It's, you know, independent film. It's a difficult, it's difficult. Um, and then I have, uh, like I said, I have something I'm not sure if I'm allowed to announce that I'm a part of um, coming up. I believe it'll come out maybe in the spring or the summer i'm not sure um they don't tell me anything okay imdb has we'll uh, be on the lookout imdb has something called hindsight listed for you oh yes that was that was a really cool thing i did it was it's a it's a it's a pot it's a podcast like a a script scripted podcast um that's very very cool it's uh we did it all on a stage so everything was mic'd and we got to do it sort of like a play as opposed to sitting in front of a lectern and 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 talking we we did it all like a and it's sort of a it, it involves um it, yeah it involves magic and mystery and I, again i don't want to t- say too much about it but it's a really really cool project that that i'm really I, i'm excited to hear it myself um i know that they're working on it uh and um it's uh it's a very cool it's going to be a very cool project so yeah look out for that look out for hindsight and and bring it all back home which i'm 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 so stoked about awesome yeah I saw the poster for uh, Bring It All Back Home, and uh, it has an interesting tagline, so it, I, I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a line from the movie that will make more sense <laughs> when you see the movie. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll definitely pick that out. Oh, awesome. Um, and finally, uh, can you uh, tell me like what your takeaway is from working on Quantum Leap um, and just the whole process of filming it and just being a part of now another genre universe quantum leap yeah i mean i think like anything i I used to feel this way about arrow it's 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 very cool to be a part of a a a cultural touchstone you know and 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 in in the case of quantum leap you know this is a show that deals in identity and and understanding other people's identity and that's something that's really prescient right now and something that's really important and so to have a show that's that's handling that uh, intelligently and gracefully, but also in a fun way, uh, in an entertaining way. It's just a real honor to just be a part of it. You know, I, I, I'm such a fan of film and TV and that stuff. So to get to be a part of it is it's, that's one of the reasons I do this. You know, I don't, we don't do it to, to be in a vacuum. I like that people see it, that you guys saw it, that people watch it. They have opinions, good or bad. It doesn't really matter. Um, and so to be a part of a show, that I think is is doing something not only entertaining but 
but uh, but important to to for once a week to think about what would it be like to be in someone else's shoes. That's something pretty important, I think, right now. So that's I'm really honored. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Hey, it's Matt and Albie here from the Quantum Leap podcast. The strangest thing just happened. Uh, We just finished our Joe Dinicol interview. We were both hit in the face with a nuclear explosion, and suddenly we found ourselves back here. Uh, But this time, we're with Mike Wade, uh, alias Mo Murphy, from the episode Elite Die Repeat. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Mike played Mo, the janitor, who uh, the the character that solved everything, uh, albeit with uh, with some of Ray Lee's help. <laughs> um, so we're really looking forward to talking about your experience on the show. Yeah. Um, but first, could you let us know a little bit about your history? How did you get into acting? Uh, you've got a really impressive resume. Um, oh. We've been looking through your IMDb, and uh, oh. you seem to have been in everything. So thank you. Yeah, thank let us know a bit about yeah where you started. So I'll give you a little nutshell for me, man. Uh, so I'm, I'm from LA originally. And uh, I've always wanted to act. I just, you know, didn't get the courage to do so till way later. Uh, I studied psychology in college, got to my senior year. Uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, man, let's take these, these two acting classes. It'll be an easy A. And I was like, I don't want to be around actors. Actors are weird, man. <laughs> so, uh, But what I came to learn was actors aren't weird. Uh, I just was someone who didn't express myself, you know, and uh, once I got into the classes, I just fell in love with it. And that childhood dream, you know, came back again because I kind of, not kind of, I pretty much put it out of my mind. I thought I had to be practical and, you know, just do something else. It never really entered my mind that I could actually do this. So, um, yeah, uh, I, one of my uh, instructors said, hey, you should give this a shot. And it was all I needed to hear. So I just slowly but surely started taking my steps to get into the industry. Um, you know, I graduated with my degree in psychology. I uh, didn't know anybody in the business. So just, you know, started making my way. As I took that first step, new doors started opening up and, you know, now I'm here talking, talking to you guys. That's, um, that's so cool. Yeah. Do you, do you think the, um, that diversion into psychology helped you in any way preparing for acting, like getting inside people's minds? Yeah, I, I think it, it definitely did. I think that was my, probably my way of coming as close to doing what I really wanted to do because I love people. I love understanding people. And, and through that, I get to understand myself. And um, yeah, so it was, it was like, actually, I feel like it worked pretty, pretty great for me. So yeah, awesome that, that you, you could take that, that, that diversion and still find yourself back um, where you dreamed of being as a child, but actually it, it all kind of came together. Yeah. Um, so you t- tell me about a couple of your earliest roles then and um, yeah, your, your start on the screen. Oh, man. So my or on stage. Earliest stuff. Um, see, so I, yeah, I started off doing like, you know, student stuff, indie stuff. I uh, started off actually, you know, doing, uh, you know, background and I – Happened to be on set one day with this actor named Bokeem uh, Wobine. Uh, and I was, I was background. He was like playing the guitar. And, you know, I just, I don't know if I would do this later, you know, but I didn't know not to do it. So I just so I walked over to him and said, Hey, man, um, trying to get started in this business. You know, I, I want to take these classes and things like that. 
And he said, well, yeah, it's great, man. You know, you take your classes, definitely. But, you know, you want to start working acting, you can actually do that right now. Uh, it was called Backstage West at the time. Uh, now it's just backstage and it's, you know, online. And uh, he said, you yeah, start submitting for roles. So I did that. I worked with photographers. Uh, it was a time for print or CD uh, to get headshots and things like that. And just slowly started making my way uh, through things. Uh, so doing indie stuff, um, went, you know, to acting school, graduated from a, a two-year school, studied Meisner. And yeah, my one of my first, well, actually how I got into the union uh, was, was a film called From Above. And just so happened to be starring Danny Glover. Uh, Graham Greene, a lot of, you know, veteran actors. And that was, yeah, that's how I got into SAG uh, before the two uh, unions merged. And, yeah. Intimidating <laughs> working with, with big actors like yeah, that so early know, on? It's funny. Uh, I remember my manager called me, uh, Joanne. She's like, oh, Mike, you got the part of it. And she's so happy. And she's going through all the deal points. <laughs> and rookie me, I said, oh, you know, Joanne, um, I don't know if I should hear these things right now because I want to be focused on the role. <laughs> I'm sure she's thinking, who's, who's this? this kid thinks he is, yo. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I was very excited to say the least. Uh, but because of the school that I went to, I really felt prepared to, you know, to, to at least come at this. And obviously with great direction, you know, directors get the performance out of you that they need. But uh, I felt like I went to a great school that really prepares you. Uh, to work and to continue to work. Uh, but yeah, it was literally a dream come true. Joined the union through Taft Hartley. Uh, you know, I'm from California, so they flew me to Texas uh, to to, uh, to shoot. Uh, taught me a little bit how to ride a horse. Uh, yeah, got to travel a little bit with the film for uh, film festivals. Uh, met Yeah, obviously met Danny Glover, Graham Greene, and worked with some great, actors and actresses and um, still friends with the writer uh, of that film, uh, James Bird. Uh, so, yeah, it's like literally a dream come true. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah. big way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was, uh, you know, you, like, get a, you, get a you can tell your parents you're working with Danny. We work with him and it's <laughs> yeah, 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 they were pretty excited um, about that. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask about another role you did uh, that involved uh, NBC and time travel. Oh, right. And um, you, you got to work with uh, Malcolm Barrett yeah. uh, in a really uh, a good episode of uh, Timeless. Yeah. Uh, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I was just rewatching that. Yeah. And uh, you're really good in that. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm, I'm really interested in that show as well. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, that was my first uh, TV role, really. Um. So, oh, yeah, actually, you know, I, I, I can tell the story about the audition. So this is obviously before COVID. I'm pacing in the hallways like I kind of typically do. You know, one of my coaches says, hey, you should, uh, you know, get, you know, do the lines on your feet. Because, you know, when you get in that audition room, those nerves can hit you. You know what I mean? So you want to just have it really in you. But I was feeling a little bit nervous. And for some reason I was just thinking, okay, well, you know, you, you worked on this, you rehearsed it, you got this. And uh, in my head, it's like, you know, you, you do this because you love it. So just go in there and have fun. Even though it was a dramatic, you know, uh, role, it was, you know, it was a man who was looking for his family. Uh, 
But, you know, I still went in there, had fun with it. I think I maybe did one or two takes, and that was my only call for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing I know, my agent called me, hey, you got you got the part. So I was just really happy about that. And the way that that works, so that shot in Vancouver. So they looked at, you know, actors in Vancouver. Nothing worked out. Uh, so I got to go up there and, um, yeah, and, and, and play that part. So, and I actually ran into some friends out there too. Oh, cool. Yeah. What was the feeling like on that set? Cause it was, uh, the show was just starting at that time. I think they had a couple seasons all together, but they were just starting out. Yeah. I think that was like the second episode. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun, man. I, you know, I, you know, get to, that was my second time in Canada. Uh, but yeah, to get to travel, meet this, you know, this beautiful cast of people who are just so excited about telling these stories, you know, and working with Malcolm was, I mean, he's just a hilarious dude. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I played Nicholas Biddle, who was actually a real person. Mm-hmm. He was the first person. Oh, was yeah. he based on a real person? Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Biddle wow, was a real, okay. real person. And, um, First person to shed blood in the Civil War. It wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't get shot or anything. It was somebody hit him, I think, with a brick or something. And, uh, yeah, it was just an honor to, to play that part, that, you know, historic part, just to bring that to, uh, you know, bring that to life. So. Uh, being early in, on in your career, were you, like, reading uh, Civil War history on the way up to filming or anything? Uh, no. <laughs> like trying not, to not, prepare not, for the role? Just, uh, you know, looking uh, looking up uh, things at the time, um, a little bit about you know Mr. Biddle, things like that. But yeah, I, I feel like a lot of it was on the page. Um, you know, we're always taught to make things personal, and I just you know, big part of it is me imagining uh, that I'm on one hand just ecstatic because the war is over, and the the horrors of that are you know uh, mm-hmm. are over you're now beginning to experience freedom, but not, but you also have your wife and your children that you're looking for. And so, you know, any human being would, you know, you know, obviously take that very seriously and connect to that. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, it was, it was just a, a really great, it was a fun part to play, but also, you know, I felt very grounded and, you know, mistakes. Uh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. You and Malcolm together and that scene was just so great. Such to have a good scene partner and that scene really made the whole episode, I think, because it, it gets you in that mindset of the stakes of everything that's happening. Yeah, and, and that's in in that story. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too, you know, so which was another fun thing to do is just that when that, that turn happens, you know, and he's uh, what was it? He was asking he was saying something that my character said, Well, this doesn't sound right. And then so me that yeah the the wrong regimen or something yeah, yeah and I asked him that question you know mm-hmm. where you know where you where you fight mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just let into him because he's pretending to have experienced what mm-hmm. any of these guys have experienced mm-hmm. you know and, and like I said mm-hmm. the horrors of war and just things that really nobody should mm-hmm. see um but yeah so it, it was it was uh, it was a fun role to play because it, you know it had levels to it and then we end up being friends because, you know, he, um, he stepped up in mm-hmm. labor situations. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
So how do you get from that NBC time travel show all the way to this NBC <laughs> time travel show? You had so many roles in between, but like uh, in so many TV shows, different things. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the journey from one to the other. Uh, yeah. You, well, you know, man, the, the, the name of the game is auditioning. And uh, thankfully, I've got a great agent, got a great manager, and um, I'm able to get some really, really great uh, opportunities. And um Somewhere along the line, I was able to switch how I view auditioning, you know, because when we get that email notification, actually, I don't even call them audition. I call them appointments. That's what my my uh, or my reps call them. You know, it doesn't say audition. It says appointment this time. You know, now it's tapes. But I just began to enjoy the process of it, of, of auditioning. Um one of my coaches said, you know, see this as your opportunity to play the role. You know, like you're not auditioning. You're going in there for however many minutes and you're doing it. Have fun with it. That's it. You know, um, so Jennifer Cooper, you know, I've been in her office a bunch of times before the pandemic. And uh, she sent me a few things. Um, you know, I've been sent a few things from her office uh, over the years and uh, actually for, for Quantum Leap, a couple of roles, too. Um, so, and this, this is the one oh, I landed wow. on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's very cool. You got, you got a good episode though. <laughs> so that's, I, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's totally different, um, than any of the other episodes. So I was very happy to be part of this one. So you got the part. Yeah. And, uh, how, how, how long in between getting the part and being on set and, uh, mopping up that soda that's spilled, know, that right? changes, uh, <laughs> timelines. It's crazy. Right. What, what kind <laughs> of messy things. person is going to leave a soda? In the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> right. Who would do that? Hey, you know, I think maybe I'm kind of psychopath. I think maybe I did it. You know, it was like job security. It's still clean. <laughs> they got to need me. So she's got yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. things out to get knocked over. Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it was. I don't know, maybe about a couple of weeks or so, you know, because, um, okay. you know, you get, you know, you get the part, you get COVID tested. Um, as long as that's all good, then, you know, you go in wardrobe fittings and uh, not too much for me. Just that, that jumpsuit. Um, yes, maybe, maybe a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, I remember it was around Halloween. So, I mean, I don't do too much around that time anyway, but I just kind of just hanging out at home, you know. Did you did you spend a lot of that couple of weeks trying to get your head around the logistics of the script, or are you, are you one of those actors that just goes in and says like, "I'm going to focus on the character," and the the complexity of this is just not important? No, I, I definitely recognize that this was going to be something complex. Uh, I definitely read the script quite a few times, breaking down different things, you know, which you kind of just naturally do when you have the time for it. Um, and yeah, like I said, when I when I met everyone, I was I really felt like, you know, we're we're in good hands here, uh, there, because yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to get this right. Uh, you know, if, if you you know you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. Once I got the part and uh, was able to meet Pamela, the director, and people in the art department, and we're taking photos for the obituaries and all that stuff, I I really got the sense that they had it handled because yeah, when, you know. You, read the script and you see that you're doing the same things over and over and over again. Um, you really got to get it right or, you know, it's not going to, you know, gel together. So does that make it more difficult having to repeat the same thing over and over again, almost exactly like 
more more so than just like when you're redoing a scene for a different camera angle or something, but just yeah, knowing it's in a different time loop. Yeah, I don't know. That's a unique situation, maybe. Yeah, man. I, I mean, so I mean, that's that. It's that's our job, right? You know, when you're doing film and TV, you're gonna do stuff over and over. You know, however many takes the director needs, right? Or lighting needs, or sound needs. Um, but with this, yeah. <laughs> You really feel like it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> you know, pushing this mop again, <laughs> you know. Uh, but at the same time, I knew once again that we we're in capable hands. Um, I knew that we we're doing something really exciting that's going to come out great. Uh, so that you know, it, it was. It's kind of just all part of the job. Did it affect your performance at all? That because um, I, I think. It, it, anyone who's watched anything like this before is going to spot the janitor immediately and think, hang on, this is like, this is a whole load of <laughs> high up military people and a journalist. And there's a janitor there who seems to be taking focus. He's going to be key to something. <laughs> Was, <laughs> did you do anything with that to kind of blend into the background, but also make sure that, Hey, <laughs> I'm going to be an important part of this story. I, well, so I, I was focusing on, as far as an actor, yeah. But my focus was just on how does Mo see life? How does Mo see working here? And you can see, you know, Mo's whistling to elevator music. So I think that he likes his job, you know. And so for me to just focus on that, that helped me not to, uh, you know, I guess give anything away yeah. uh, uh, too, you know, too early. But, yeah, uh, that, that helped me a lot, this, the song. Actually liked it too. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely helps. Yeah. Now we asked Joe uh, when we spoke to him earlier about um, acting, knowing that he had done it. But what on the other side of it, when you're acting, when you know you didn't do it, but you might want the audience to think that possibly you are <laughs> one of the people that could have done it. Is that a different? an entirely different acting challenge to to be a little suspicious and yet innocent at the same time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember watching that as well. Um, to, to play that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was once again, just be, you know, being Mo at that time, because yeah, you don't want to be in the back with like an eyebrow raise. <laughs> like, is it me? Or, or <laughs> no. You know, you just kind of you know, you, you stay in that moment. And, once again, see the world through, you know, your character's eyes. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's a balance. Yeah, you don't want to tip it either way, you know, because like, like they said, either any of us could have done it. Uh, yeah. So, Was Ray working with uh, everyone during this shoot? Because he has to leap into each one of you at a different part of the episode. Was he like trying to like learn from you mannerisms or different things so he could kind of like, be your character as well as you were? Uh, I, I, I think he just, you know, he's, he's just observing us. And uh, I remember he did ask me, uh, you know, what part of the song are you going to be, you know, whistling or and things like mm -hmm. that. So uh, that really let me know that he's into the finer details. And uh, yeah, so I think he, I think he played a pretty good mom. Pretty good me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what was it like uh, watching your episode on television? Uh, man, you know, it's, it's always exciting. It's always exciting. And um, I always, 
you know, make sure I stay connected to that feeling, even though I still consider myself to be pretty new. Uh, stay connected to that feeling of like, I'm on TV right now. It's like, you know, uh, you, cause you could do this so long that you get jaded and it's like, it's just some other thing. But it's like, no, you mean, I mean, look at what I get to do, you know, and, and thankfully, uh, you know, in these recent years, I've been able to make a living at it, you know? So just, just being grateful uh, for what I get to do that is going well. Um, yes, it's exciting. Um, when I see myself on TV, uh, it's a little bit different. Some friends have asked me that, like, if it's weird to me. Uh, maybe kind of it is, but it's like, I know that it's me, but. I don't know. Some, somehow it's, it's, it's different. I don't know. Maybe in my mind, I think I look different. So maybe that's what helps. Um, so I try mm-hmm. to just, you know, enjoy the, the, the work, but also say, okay, the things that I worked on in rehearsal, did that show up? Am I happy with what I did? So once I get a, another go at it on a different project, uh, see what I can learn. Um, on this set, once again, I'm pretty sure I was, uh, you know, the new guy. Um, I listened to Joe's or watched Joe's uh, interview yesterday. He's, he's been on for 30 years, he said. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. He doesn't look that old. That's wild. Yeah. So I, I have not been doing it that long. So uh, for me, uh, especially recently with the jobs I've been working on, I've been working on with people who've done this for so long. So not only do I get to work with them, I get to observe and see how they do things. You know, it's, it's always some opportunity for me to learn and uh, pick up some new things. Um, Raymond, Caitlin, uh, Heidi, Joseph, um, I mean, everybody. It's Ricardo. It's, it's, they've been doing it so much longer than me. So, What's Robert Picardo really like? Oh, man, that guy. No, <laughs> he's, he's, he's really cool. He's a really cool guy. Um, he, I don't know, was he telling us funny stories? Uh, I mean, he just got... So much experience in this business, um, and he's such a pro, and you can tell that he's just really comfortable, you know, to, to get to that level. It's it, it, you know, who came comes to mind for me is I, I work with an actor named Ben Daniels, and so Ben is another hilarious person. He'll have you dying laughing before the camera rolls, and when they all right. And so now you're trying not to laugh and he's like, he's just there and he's, you know, you do things so long, you're just great at it, you know? So that was the same way with working with him. And that's what that makes me think. I I just wanted to make the observation. You said a couple of times, like you were the the, the new kid on Mm -hmm. set and and things like that. But from everything you said, you strike me as the kind of person that you could be in this business for another 20, 30 years and you will still be saying, I'm observing this person. I'm I'm watching this person. I'm learning. You you seem like one of those people that's focused on constantly evolving. Is that is that fair? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, I think there's always room to grow. Yeah, you know, there's always going to be room to grow. So uh, once you think you got it, and, you, and that's you know, that's when you know your work isn't maybe going to be authentic or full of life. You know. You want to know that there's always something to learn. Uh, you know, if you get another shot at it a couple of years later, yeah, maybe you could have did it better. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. I think that's actually a beautiful thing. You know, and one of my, uh, like, I think in one of my, like a bio, 
Uh, I said that, you know, my aim is to perfect my craft. There is no such thing as perfect, but it's something for me to chase. And it's something that's going to make sure that I never just kind of rest on my laurels like, oh, yeah, I did this. Not nah, keep in pursuit of it. To me, it's it's it, it, it keeps it alive, and exciting. It's fun. And also it kind of takes some pressure off because, yeah, you're never going to be perfect, but you're also still going after it um, with 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 joy and love. Uh, yeah. So, What was your feeling on this episode, like uh, the direction and the production team on how to uh, how how the block shooting went and uh was that like stressful or fun or a little bit of both because of just the repetitive nature of the whole thing? Yeah. Well, and once again, I, I really felt that we were in great hands, but I also saw that they were making sure everything was right. You know, um, just with themselves and even, even us, you know, continuity, you know, obviously it's, it's important. And uh, it was just, yeah, it was really important for us to know when we did things. You know, I picked up the can and then I did what, you know, so uh, because if it's off anywhere, it kind of could throw the whole thing off, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know if I would say it was too much stress, but they were definitely focused on it. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And did you get to keep your uh, name badge? Oh, man, I should have asked for it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think. Apparently so. <laughs> No, they just gave you the mop, right? Yeah, they said, I know, you can I take know. the mop. I the mop uh, <laughs> soda can. That, that loud bucket. That bucket caused us some, yeah. some stuff, man. Was it loud? Yeah, I mean, because yes, it's a metal mm-hmm. bucket and going down this hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always tip my hat to the crew because I'm, I, yeah, I'm always amazed at how they're able to put these fires out. Like, oh, this thing broke, or this happened. This, you know. They find ways to fix things. And uh, this is another uh, fantastic crew that I, that I work with on this. Yeah. Even though they didn't give me my the, the name, the name badge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks. There's um, so many cool memories from the show. Thank you for sharing them with us. Um, can you tell us anything you've got in the pipeline, anything coming up that the, the Leapers can look out for you in? Uh, well, yeah. So um, lately I've been uh, recurring on a show called SEAL Team. Uh, which was literally another dream of mine to, to be on the show uh, and, and to be in this type of role. So, uh, you know, we've been recurring for a few seasons. They just got renewed for season seven. Um, uh, it, you know, uh, I'll work with them as long as they'll have me. So, uh, you know, you guys can check out um, the previous episodes on Paramount Plus, and uh, hopefully you'll be seeing uh, Lieutenant Soto in season seven. Mike, thank you again for your time. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here.